there are people throughout the world that have interesting stories to tell. Stories of heroism, acts of kindness, near-death experiences, successes, and failures. You usually hear of these stories from people that live in another state or country. But what about the stories from within your own community? Everyone has a story to tell. And by everyone, we mean your neighbor, your coworker, the person behind you at church, people you interact with on a daily basis, or maybe even you. Welcome to the DTB Podcast, presented by Bless Your Heart Nonprofit Corporation. I'm Jare Jean Bonjaro, Director of Bless Your Heart Nonprofit, and filling in for our regular host, Brennan Mathern. Today we're sitting down with Mr. David LaBeouf, previous owner of Frank's Grocery Store, which had multiple locations in southeast Louisiana. I, like many people in the South Lafourche area, have many memories shopping the aisles at Frank's Grocery Store with my parents. Mr. David, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Mr. David, introduce yourself to us. Uh, my name is David LaBeouf. I'm married to Celeste Adams LaBeouf. I have five children, uh, Jason, Jill, Brad, Caroline, and Jude. Big family. Big family. <laughs> Some grandbabies? Only, only, one, only one left at home. Jude, Jude's 14. <laughs> All the rest are grown. Uh, I do have uh, three grandchildren. I actually have a granddaughter that's at LSU. And then I have, um, that's J.C. LaBeouf, and then I have Isabella and Landon. So, Mr. David, we start off every episode uh, just asking you the typical down-the-bio question. Who's your mom and dad? Where you grew up? Where are you from? Well, my mom and dad are Frank and Faith LaBeouf. We are originally from Raceland, um, where my dad used to be a manager of national supermarkets. And so did you grow up in the Raceland area? I did until uh, 1978, and um, my dad had got kind of um, fed up with the chain store operations and the, um, um, at, at that time, national employees were union employees, and everybody in the store was union except the manager. So he got frustrated with... Um, his ability to um, run the store the way he wanted to. So um, he decided to start looking for his own to put his talents to work for himself instead of a chain store. Wow. I feel like if I would have known that you graduated from Central LaFouche High School, I may not have shopped at Frank's <laughs> as much. <laughs> so tell me, what do you think brought your dad like to the South LaFouche area? Well, when when he decided to go out on his own, he had a, um, a district manager, his district manager at National, that had also left National Food Stores and went to work for an um, independent uh, grocery wholesaler. And um, he asked him to um, see if he could find him a store so he could have on his own. And um, at that time, Mr. Fred LaFar, who owned Fred's IGA and Cutoff, next to the Sacred Heart Church in Cutoff, uh, was looking to retire. So um, Mr. Sonny Hebert was the, what the guy's name, and uh, he got Mr. Fred and my dad together, and they, they kind of they came up with a, uh, a deal. So uh, my dad decided he was going to go for it. Uh, first place he went was his bank in, in Raceland, and they, uh, they basically turned him down flat you know, wow. to, to get the money. He needed a, a total of $50,000 at that time. 
and uh, they turned him down. So um, Mr. Fred dealt with State Bank and Trust down here, and um, he kind of went to uh, bat for my dad, and um, they agreed to lend him the money. So um, uh, they he ended up getting a loan, and uh, we opened our first store and cut off. So tell our listeners, where was the first Frank's location in South Lafouche? Well, we, we call it the little green store. It's <laughs> um, uh, right next to, well, State Bank had a location and cut off right next to the uh, Sacred Heart Church and stuff. It's, it's a T-Mobile uh, business now, I think. Wow. But uh, that's, that was the first one. So what year did uh, <clears throat> y'all open? That, that was 1978. And then... Uh, we had bought the uh, equipment and inventory, but we were leasing the building from Mr. LaFar. And uh, he only gave us a five-year lease. And, uh, you know, after we opened and we started building the business and, and, and became successful, uh, Mr. Fred basically told us that at the end of the five years that he was, you know, he was sorry he sold and uh, he was going to take it back. So... We had a, a few years to decide what we were going to do if we wanted to stay in business. So uh, we found a, a, a vacant building and cut off across from uh, Mommy Joe's and cut off. Uh, it was a Bayou Auto Parts building that had closed. So we ended up buying that and turned the auto parts store into <laughs> a, uh, a grocery store just in case, you know, Mr. Fred would, would not release us the building. Well... After we did that, he decided, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to uh, get back into business being you open one down the road. So <laughs> we ended up having two within two miles, which wow. wasn't very, you know, uh, you know, an ideal situation. But it, it was out of necessity that, that we had two that close together. Wow. So that was a uh, <clears throat> decision made, and uh, things got a little tough after that. Um, we opened the first door in 1978, and then the, the second one was uh, 1981 or 82. But anyway, at that point, <clears throat> we had just borrowed the money to buy the second store, and uh, interest rates were like 13%. The, the oil field crashed, and Dell Champs built a store on each side of us. So uh, the early 80s, and mid '80s were some some lean years, and then then uh, you know we got uh, what we call our, our big break, if you want to call it that. <laughs> uh, National had a store in La Rose, and um, National had four stores that they were looking to close. <clears throat> so our wholesale at the time was Super Value, and Super Value went to Nashville and said, look, if we can get you some of our customers to uh, to take these stores, would you be interested in selling them to us? And they did. So actually the four was, uh, I think it was La Rose, Franklinton, Donaldsonville, and New Rose, Louisiana. So uh, Super Value came to us and asked us if we wanted to take a chance on a store in La Rose. And uh, uh, we did. And uh, it worked out pretty good and it kind of, Kind of put us on our way. So tell our uh, listeners, where was the LaRose location? It's in the Bond Service Shopping Center. Um, 
next to Popeye's and Taco Bell. So what do you think your dad did or what did your family do during the 80s that kind of held y'all through those lean years? Well, we we worked it ourselves. Um, my mom um, worked in the store for <laughs> little of no pay. Uh, so did my dad. And my dad paid me what he thought I needed to live on, basically. <laughs> so... Um, we worked it ourselves, and wow. um, we, we kept expenses as low as we could and um, ended up making it. So tell me, like, at that time, were y'all, um, like, buy, I feel now there's this huge uh, push for buying local and uh, buying produce local or buying seafood local. Is that something y'all did initially when y'all first opened up? Well, I, I think it's still that way today. Um in, independent grocers are uh, very strong in, in South Louisiana, uh, unlike a lot of the rest of the country. Um, you know, you, you look at New Orleans, you know, and, and down here, that's well, there's really, other than Walmart, was not, you know, just a grocery chain. Uh, there are no grocery chains in this area. Uh, there's no more Winn-Dixie's in this area. There's no more Dell Champs. There's, you know, no more national food stores. Um and, and even in New Orleans, the, the independent grocer is thriving. You know, you got the Bromarts, Langensteins, the Pardos. Um, you know, New Orleans is dominated by independent grocers, not chains. Right. So <clears throat> based on your interactions, like, in the grocery mm. business, why do you think that is? Like, why do you think people in South Louisiana prefer independent grocers I, versus chain grocers? I still think it's, it's, it's um, the personal reaction with – you know, the, the owners and, and the customers, um, people down here especially, uh, you got to give them a reason not to shop with you. You know, they're going to they're gonna support you mm-hmm. if, if you give them what they need and because uh, they want to support you. They want to see their own be successful. So tell me, like, what, what do you think? This is a good segue into the next question. What do you think um, made Frank's set apart from the other uh, maybe stores or grocery stores? I just think our, our involvement, you know, in the community and, um, you know, we always tried to give back as much as we could and, um, you know, you could, you know, you saw us in the, in, the, in the local stores, you saw us at church, you, you know, saw us in, in all places of business and um, I think people just like to... Um, deal with people they know right you know so tell us what it was like growing up in a grocery store i'm sure that's a a different experience well (laughs) i was 15 years old when we started i I worked in our stores from the first day to the very last day and uh i was finishing up my sophomore year at central lafouche high school when when we bought our first store and um my daddy used to wake me up at 4.30, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, and we'd get in the truck, and uh, I'd come down to buy, which was foreign to me, foreign area. Um, I'd come and unload the trucks, drive back to Central, go to school, and come back and work the trucks up. So um, I spent a lot of times in them, even during school, um, even on Friday nights, you know. Dad, can I go to the football game? Yeah, as soon as all of these groceries are put up and, you know, the garbage is taken out, and as soon as you finish your work, you can go to a football game. So, um, 
he worked with me, uh, but I I did have to get the work done. Yeah. So tell me, like, what do you think? Um, I'm sure I always remember you. I always remember your family being very hands-on in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about, like, your dad's work th- a work ethic. Is that like what did you learn from him? What did he yeah. instill in you? He he um he instilled in, in me a, a very good work ethic. Um no work was uh beneath him. And in, in fact, I mean I've seen him <laughs> you know with a shovel in his hand, if he had a, a drain clogged or something. Um even even towards the end, um he would let the other people you know, do the management work, and and he was he he stocked groceries till basically his last day in, wow. in the little store and cutoff that we had. Uh, I mean, he had pulled away, you know, uh, from the day to day stuff. But on truck days, he would still go and just work stock. <laughs> um, so, because he had gotten to a point that you know, and this was probably back when we were just starting to scan, scan <laughs> groceries, okay? Because he used to. Price it with a with a pricing gun, you know, and you know you used to have to download batches and apply batches on the computer. And he says, "Look, he says this is for you guys. When the groceries come in, I'm gonna put them on the shelf. I'm tired of learning. Uh, you know, I'm not learning all this stuff. So, uh, which is <laughs> kind of how I felt at, at the end of my career when with <laughs> online groceries and you know we had to set up that platform. And I said, man, this is you know, this is really not something I want to learn. I'm tired of learning too. So I kind of <laughs> thought of him at that point that uh, I reached that point in my career. Right, right. Tell me how it's evolved. I mean, you talked about getting into scanning items, but just, I mean, from your beginning until, you know, yeah. the end, how has the grocery business evolved? Uh, just like any other business, technology. Um, uh, when we first started, we, we'd have an order book and it would have like tear strips on it, so you'd walk with this book throughout your store. And if you needed a can of blue, a case of Blue Runner red beans, you would mark a one <laughs> on the side of the, the item code. And then when you finished your order, you tore out all the tear strips and you sent to mail them or sent them back on the truck to your grocery warehouse, and they would key punch it in. And wow, you know. Until at the end when you would, you know, basically, you know, you scan, it's wireless, you hit send, you don't even have to, you know, connect to a phone line anymore, it was just all wireless. So um, more in, you know, ordering um, was, was the biggest change, you know, it's just, it just, everything got a lot, <laughs> depending who you ask, um, a lot easier. Right, right. Tell us, do you, uh, I'm sure running a grocery store for all these years, you definitely have encountered uh, all different kinds of people from all kinds of walks of life. Do you remember any like funny or interesting stories that you can think of from the stores? Pro- well, this is probably not funny, but it's kind of uh, outrageous. <laughs> and it's not in one of my stores, but I was on the board of directors of our wholesaler, Associated Grocers. And I remember one of the fellow board members telling us, because he was a he was a second generation owner, and he says, "Man, when my dad when we was in business back in the day, and my dad would catch a shoplifter, he would bring him in the back and hose him down and throw him in the freezer." So <laughs> that was probably the 
weirdest or, or funniest thing that. Uh, so I take it that Frank. Frank's did. never did. That. <laughs> Frank's no. never did that. <laughs> no, no. I don't wanted to, but we yeah. did. I didn't do it. <laughs> Talk to us about your uh, time spent with Associated Grocers. Like, what did you hold a position there, and what role they played in Frank's? Well, um, <clears throat> to be honest, which is probably my only regret. In, in my business is uh, in my career was not because uh, I switched from Super Value, which is a a, a national uh, wholesaler. Associated Grocers has one location in Baton Rouge, and I've always heard of other stores being very um, uh, of liking them and being very successful with Associated Grocers because they're uh, they're customer owned. You, wow. They're owned by the retailers, right? But at that time, Rouse's was a member of Associated Grocers, mm-hmm. and Rouse's was my main competitor. So I always felt that you know they were bigger than me, and uh, Associated Grocers was going to take care of Rouse's before they took care of Frank's. Mm-hmm. So after Rouse's bought all the A and P stores in New Orleans, they they switched warehouses. They left Associated Grocers. So that day, I called Associated Grocers and I switched, which was the best decision I ever made because they understood South Louisiana grocery business better than, you know, because Super Value was headquarters in uh, Minneapolis. So, and they, and they were retailer-owned. So you had, to, you had to buy a minimum amount of stock to get in, mm-hmm. to, to be a member wow. of Associated Grocers. And then... After that, you um, you realized the, the, the stock appreciation of your investment as Associated Grocers made money, you made money. So you not only made it on the retail end, you made it on the wholesale end. So, you know, after I became a member of Associated Grocers, I began to buy more and more stock of Associated Grocers because I knew it was a, a solid company. Mm-hmm. I got enough shares. I was elected to the board of directors and really got to see the inner workings and how solid they were. So um, when I ended up selling, uh, I had accumulated a good bit of AG stock that helped me. Uh, wow. So talk to us about that. How many, well, let's get into this first. How many different locations uh, did Franks have throughout the years? Five. We we started with the uh, the little store. We called the little the little green store and cut off. Then the, the second one that came out of necessity <laughs> and, and cut off. Then the, the store in La Rose. And then that was eight, 1989. And then in 1992, the Desalman store, it was a two shards, and they had went bankrupt. So I had an uncle, my dad's brother, who was a uh, a Golden Flake chip oh, okay. route man. And he told he told my dad, he says, man, they got this little store in the Zalman. They're going, they're closing, they're going bankrupt. He says, I, I think that little store would be good for you. So we inquired about it, and um, we ended up buying it out of bankruptcy, which that was bought out of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> then in 1994, uh, Baudouin's supermarket in Lockport came up for sale, and uh, that was another opportunity that we took advantage of and, and did well there. And then, so that was 94. And then in the late 90s, uh, Swagman went bankrupt. 
And a lot of people down about it don't know this, but we ended up buying a Swagman's in Laplace. And we stayed there for nine years. And then I think it was Gustav, one of the hurricanes, took the the roof off of that building. So it was going to take quite a bit of time and work to to get it back open. And um, although it was... It was actually our highest volume store. It came with a share of um, problems that I wasn't used to dealing with. And um, it's, it's, city people are a little bit different than country people. <laughs> and um, I, I wasn't, you know, I had a manager that got robbed in the parking lot. Oh, you know, wow. my, you know, so that I didn't want to be responsible for um, something happening like that. So... Um, when the hurricane took the the roof off, um, I had a clause on my lease that I said if I was closed for a certain amount of time because of weather, something I could get out. So I decided to sell that one and come back home. <laughs> so and then uh, in I don't know two, in the early two thousands, um, I actually approached uh, Jim Rodriguez in uh, Golden Meadow. He had the Piggly Wiggly and Golden Meadow because there was talk that he was he was about ready. To, to retire and wanted to get out, so I approached him and we came up with a deal and um, was able to acquire that store, which was a very good acquisition. And then that store ended up, after a couple years being in it, uh, burned, burned to the ground. Wow. So um, immediately we, 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 we saw it was a total loss. Uh, I started looking for property and... Uh, Found some property in the back road and, and began construction on the on the new Golden Meadow store, and uh, opened that one. And then my lease came up in the La Rose location, and that location had uh, deteriorated. The physical plant had deteriorated. The parking lot was horrible, and um, nothing was being done about it. So I decided to uh, look for property on the back road in La Rose, which I found a, what I thought was the ideal spot. Of course, um, that has changed since they uh, rerouted the traffic. Right. You know, you know, you used to be able to come straight off the LaRose Bridge, and it was right. like a, like a funnel <laughs> into my parking lot. But now they they made some uh, I don't know what you call it roundabouts or whatever. But right. now you can't go directly in, so uh, it's not quite as uh, attractive. But uh, we built that store, and uh, I'm very proud of the way that turned out. Absolutely, we. Um we so much enjoyed shopping at uh, Frank's as as Thanks. kids, and we so enjoy that store, even though they mm-hmm. rerouted. And I can't say that we don't miss it being Frank's. I think now most people in the LaRose area refer to that Rouse's as the Frouse's because yeah. <laughs> we miss Frank's so much. Yeah. So tell us, I mean, eventually, I think it's no secret that you eventually sold some of your locations to Rouse's. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, they actually, uh, well, it's two and a half years now that that I sold, which went by pretty quick. But three years prior to that, they had came to me and uh, wanted to buy me out. And at that time, I was like, I don't know, 53 years old and still still pretty young. And uh, I, I didn't think the time was right. But I really thought hard about it because, uh, you know, I started thinking about how I was going to get out because, uh, you know, uh, my children had took, you know, different career paths, and uh, I was kind of concerned of how I was going to get out because 
I called myself a, a tweener because <laughs> I was, you know, um, too small for a national chain to, to be interested in me. But I was kind of too big for just an independent person just trying to start out to buy me. So I knew my market to sell was not very good. So uh, when Rouse's first approached me, I thought long and hard about it, but uh, I decided not to do it. So they came back three years later, and uh, a little older, and uh, a little bit better offer. <laughs> um, so I, I decided to sell. Now they bought the uh, the Lockport location, La Rose location, and Golden Meadow location. Uh, they, d- they did not open the Lockport location. Uh, they didn't buy it to keep it open. They wanted to uh, they wanted to close it so they could kind of corner that that market. But they wanted La Rose and Golden Meadow. I was doing quite well there, and uh, I was doing a lot of marine business. And I think they that marine business was pretty attractive to them. So um, one week for them to get it was to buy it. <laughs> so. Uh, they ended up buying. Now they didn't buy the Zalman store, and uh, I operated that for a short time after after I sold. Uh, but I didn't sell, you know, the other three to to stay in business. So um, I approached some of my employees, and um, one of them had an interest in it that that I thought had the, probably the best chance of being successful, and I ended up selling it to her. That's so, wonderful. Yeah. And so they still operate. And they still operate it and doing quite well. That's yes. wonderful. I think a lot of people from down the Bayou travel to Dazalman. I think you're right. For and, especially and, and, the king cakes. Yes. <laughs> they do a phenomenal job with they their really king do. cake. They, they're really getting known um, regionally, you know, for their king cakes and their bakery in, in general. And uh, they have actually have a lot of down the Bayou people working there. Because, really? yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, quite a quite a few of them that that worked in the, the LaRoe store, Golden Meadow store, even Lockport store, wow. are working there. They have several. So this might be a very guarded secret, and you may have sold it with the stores. But do you have the recipe for the green onion sausage? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, it's it's actually a, a, a pre-made mix, and it's actually available to anybody that knows about it. So really? it's, it's not it's not a that particular recipe is not a Frank's um, recipe. Uh, now the tarts are. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So that I, we right. didn't grow up in Central Lafourche, but I will say all of my friends from college, they always talked about the fried chicken mm-hmm. at the Frank's location in mm-hmm. Lockport. Mm-hmm. So, Mister David. Who do you think, you know, I mean, I, I know that you've talked about working hard over the years, but who else do you think has contributed to Frank's success over the years? Well, you know, my mom and dad, uh, my dad left National Food Store when he was 39 years old. He still had three children at home. It didn't have, you know, a whole lot of money by any means. And and he, he took a risk and he risked it all to uh, to open up. And follow his dream, you know, of opening up his own store. And my mom, who who had not worked outside the home, went to work and supported him 100%. And she worked hard. So, you know, I've learned a lot, you know, over the years. And I got to a point to where, you know, I was going to be successful on my own. And, I, you know, started building up some equity. And um, the risks 
started becoming smaller and smaller. But I don't know if I'd ever had the courage to do what he did. Right. So. What a good example. Yeah. And the community that supported us. It was just, um, even from the beginning, we were we were outsiders. You know, we were from Raceland. And um, from the very beginning, they supported us. And uh, we're very, very grateful for that. Talk to me about your employees. I'm sure you've had some devoted people over the years. I did. I'd ha- I, we, our employee retention was very good, um, especially at the top. We had several people that worked for us 20, 25, 30 years. So um, that was probably the hardest part about selling, um, having to notify those people that I was gone. And, uh, you know, some of them, well, quite a few of them followed the – the, the new owners in the Zalmans, and they're still working for Frank's because <laughs> the new owner asked me if I uh, if I would basically include the name Frank's in, in our sale, which I did because I knew she would uh, uh, honor it right. well. In fact, she's she has a, a picture of my mom and dad in the store. Oh, wow. Yeah, so as the, as the owners, as the founders, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. I definitely believe it was always comforting to know that we knew our grocers growing up. Like we knew who they were. They knew us. They knew our names. They knew our yeah. parents. They'd ask us how we were doing. Yeah, and that's yeah. how and that's how we competed. Right with the WalMarts. That personal you know, element. That I mean, that's all we had. I mean, we right. certainly didn't have the buying power and the uh, you know corporate structure they had, and uh, that's all we had. We right. had our name and our service and our personalities and our work ethic, and uh, that's how we made it. So, Mr. David, now that you're out of the grocery business, what does the future hold for you? What does retirement look like? Well, I'm playing golf. I love to play golf. Uh, my youngest son, Jude, is a, a avid golfer and, and doing quite well, so we travel a lot with him. Um, I do a little fishing. Uh, Celeste is my wife is still actually at work. Um, she's got a little bit of time left in, in the LaFouche Parish school system. So, and, and Jude's only 14. So, um, he's keeping us busy. <laughs> so enjoying it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I can definitely say that our community has been blessed. You've employed hundreds of people up and down Bayou LaFouche and you've provided us with, uh, you know, just memories, very, um, sentimental memories that we have with our families just you know shopping at uh frank's and uh always having that friendly face there uh you you've been blessed with wonderful employees over the years uh so for that we thank you um so at the end of every episode we have a round of rapid fire questions related to life on the bayou you can give us a one word answer or expand on the answer if you feel the need to explain it's really up to you. So are you ready? Yes. What is your go-to order at a down-the-bayou restaurant? Hamburger steak. <laughs> that actually is my choice <laughs> as well. So pota- I won't say which one, but uh, yeah. <laughs> hamburger steak. So potato salad, in the gumbo or on the side? On the side. Jambalaya, red or brown? Red. What is your favorite Cajun French word or phrase and its meaning? Uh, I'm not sure if it's a, a, a Cajun uh, phrase or just slang, but uh, Shaw's. <laughs> so for our <laughs> listeners, what does that mean? Uh, it means um, anything that you don't know the correct word for. <laughs> what is your favorite snowball flavor? Uh, coconut. 
And when a boat is passing and you're in the core, is the bridge open or closed? Open. That's exactly what I'll say <laughs> as well. Okay, well, that'll do it for this episode of the DTB podcast. Thanks to our guest, Mr. David LaBeouf. We sincerely appreciate your time. You can subscribe to the DTB podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at the DTB podcast. You can also follow Bless Your Heart Nonprofit on Facebook or Twitter at BYH Nonprofit. You can donate to Bless Your Heart at Venmo at Bless Your Heart Nonprofit or on PayPal at Bless Your Heart Nonprofit at gmail.com. That'll wrap it up for this episode of the DTB Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for our next episode. Until then, this is Jure Jean Bonjaro. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>